0: What is good everybody welcome back to another episode of the last take this is number four on the list If you haven't been listening go back to the other ones as so well Then you can catch back up here. We'll get into it the Oklahoma Nebraska recap game It was Mickey Joseph's first game. We'll get our thoughts on that Get you an update list of the college football pick list and we'll go down the games later Some games are worth mentioning some games yeah, maybe on the bubble or so also we'll bring in a new segment What could it be? Guys, you'll find out later. This is The Last Take brought to you by Charlie, Dylan, Mark, and Anthony. Let's get right into it. And thank you again. A special announcement here today. Mark could not be with us today. He decided to do some homework, so we'll let him be. Instead, we got first guest of the show, Blake. How, How does it feel to be the first guest here? I'm excited. Uh, I love this podcast
1: and I love listening to it and uh, it's gonna be fun
0: say so, tell us a little bit more about yourself where you're from and etc stuff like that. Well
1: I'm from a council of Iowa and I want to give a shout out to my uh, Twitter. I love Twitter. it's probably my favorite social media. My Twitter is uh, blakeboss Blake 14 you know no free shout outs but free shout outs so uh, go follow that.
0: Alrighty, so th- thank we thank Blake so much for entering onto this show So Oklahoma and Nebraska last week pretty rough game overall it was Mickey Joseph's first games of his career Charlie what are your thoughts about Mickey Joseph and just
2: overall performance against Oklahoma Well yeah it was a disappointing disappointing game there's that moment pregame where mickey was getting you know they showed him up on the big screen there everyone was getting really fired up and that was pretty cool um the whole week you know you just kind of felt like he was you know he was going to have the team ready to go but unfortunately on the field wasn't uh wasn't the best game of course started good they you know forced the punt scored the touchdown uh, stadium was electric. That was pretty exciting. But then Oklahoma, they had that. I think it was a. It was like a third and seven. Uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, took off and couldn't get him down. It looked like they were going to maybe uh, keep him from going all the way, but was, he was able to stay in bounds and score the touchdown, uh, tied the game. And then from there, it was just kind of a. Uh, it was just a route from there. Oklahoma. Uh, that defense was really impressive for Oklahoma. Brett Venables, of course, defensive mind, former defensive coordinator at Clemson. So you know know that uh, compared to previous years at least with Oklahoma that defense is a lot better which is I think you know that might be the key for them they've uh, you look at the college football playoff performances blowout loss against LSU and just couldn't play defense so their defense looked really good against Nebraska and on Saturday and we thought that we knew uh, Nebraska's offense was going to have to put up points and you know just couldn't get it done and defense we knew that was uh, and we're going to get more into the defensive news here in a bit but uh, couldn't couldn't stop him. So disappointing performance. And now we've got a bye week here and get ready for Indiana. But I did like after the game, Mickey Joseph. You know, it's not really his fault. He gets thrown into this situation. Still took responsibility. He said this is on me. So just get ready for Indiana now, and we'll see where where things go here.
1: Um, to add on to that, I like to circle back to the beginning of that. When they showed Mickey Joseph on uh, the big screen in that tunnel walk. I mean, you had the people from uh, Big Noon Kickoff standing up and pulling their phones out and recording it. And it's crazy to me to see that level of enthusiasm for a coach, that this is his first game. It's just been a week since he was moved to head coach, and already he has a full support uh, from the fan base. And that was the loudest I've probably ever seen it for a game that's like at 1 p.m. or 11 a.m. That was the loudest I've heard the stadium to start a game like that, and it really played into... That momentum, I think Mickey Joseph did get a lot of guys fired up, but I feel like once they lost that ounce of confidence, they just uh, blew up and shut down. And, yeah, to reiterate your points, I mean, that run um, that the Oklahoma QB had, I mean, I don't even think he really realized that he was going to go all the way until he looked around him and he was like, well, I got blocks at field, there's no one around me, and then he just cut it to the middle of the field and then just ran it in, really. So I think everybody
2: thought he stepped out originally. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> when, when, re- when, when he made that contest
1: down the sideline. People thought he was out. He kind of gave up on but, the play. He wasn't out of bounds. No, he wasn't but, out, but... No, but after that loss of confidence, I just felt like the entire rest of the team shut down. I, offense surprising that they couldn't do anything. I mean, a huge part of that is the O-line just missing their blocks. You know, watching high school games of different levels, um, even college games, I don't think I've ever seen just people run by an offensive lineman like Oklahoma did to Nebraska. I mean, that That to me was, I don't know how you just let someone run past you, but after that, I mean, the game just went downhill, but... Honestly, though, I think that we can move forward and put that behind us. Again, it's just going to be a week by week basis, like Mickey Joseph said in his press conference. Okay, so how I took out of it, kind of just repeating
3: what people said, but like the tunnel walk that was immaculate, like just all the energy in the stadium. We know there's a lot of things that have gone wrong for the, the program that past week. Mickey Joseph, new coach, we didn't know how good they're going to be. Him just hyping up the team and all that. He has the right energy. It was just really disappointing. <laughs> Just to be honest how it just fell apart as a Husker fan. It sounds is really bad to say But as soon as Dylan Gabriel had that 61 yard touchdown, I knew it was over at that point We lost it. Mm-hmm. I mean like that first drive the first drive Oklahoma had the ball We're on that third down. It was, so I think we we're around a hundred and two decibels 102, I think so something something around There's that there was, we were spiking at like hundred six like we were going crazy And then we we sacked him on third down Oh, my gosh. The crowd went crazy. And then the fact that we were able to move the ball that fast on offense and scored, that was, like, the craziest I've seen the fans go, like, go off like that, like, all year. Mm-hmm. Say so six plays on 77 yards with only a minute 57. I know. We moved the ball so fast. Or like we we actually really thought we had a chance. And even even on the second drive before we got that touchdown, we looked like we were playing good, third and eight, and then Dylan Gabriel just destroyed our defense. The defense stood no chance. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the same thing all game. On offense, it was really disappointing. After that first drive, Casey Thompson only 14 for 20 for 129 yards, to be fair, against a very, very good defense defense, but mm-hmm. nothing went right. He was sacked a few times. Offensive line was awful. Luckily, we do have a bye week, so mm-hmm. we'll get ready to take on a undefeated Indiana Hoosiers, Hoosiers team who came back to be Western Kentucky this past weekend, so... I'll, I'll be interested to see what new stuff happens. We'll get to more with the defense in a little bit. Yeah, that's Say, that's my take on that. It's a much
0: needed bye week for this Nebraska team. It, ever, I feel like ever since Northwestern game, there's always been like a, a lot amount of pressure for this ne- Nebraska team. Pretty much after the Georgia Southern loss, it's like it just went absolutely crazy with Scott Frost and Mickey Joseph being now head coach. You know, questions in the air, and then all of a sudden, that like we keep mentioning, that tunnel walk, it was electric. Like, that's the loudest thing I've ever heard of Nebraska football. Uh, That third down sack really brought the crowd into it. And then we got the ball right back, scored a touchdown. That's when it went crazy. Oklahoma obviously scoring 49 points after that. Defensively, we only allowed 8- 580 yards, which is a whole new step in the offense. is not 650 again. We just couldn't move the ball very well. We turned the ball over. Uh, Casey did not get away from the, s- the pressure coming up. Got sacked m- many, many times.
3: The first play of the second half was a fumble.
1: Yeah. which was a big gain too like we yeah. got it up to the 50 and he fumbled and i think any spark of inspiration that's like you know coming out of the second half getting that first down right before he fumbled it you know that is like your make or break play because if you make that you know you're not entirely out of the game you know a lot i mean it's college football you know anything can really happen so
0: well like we needed that spark cuz we were yeah. down 35 at the, end of the half so it wasn't just like Okay, we're, let's just go down. I feel like it was a, a much-needed spark to try and at least stay motivated to try and stay into this game. Nothing just happened. We just fumbled, and that's when the fans pretty much left the rooms. like, okay, we, something's not right. Let's just go home and watch the game on TV and punch a TV instead. <laughs> Overall, some good things. The defense stepped up a little bit.
1: D-line specific, specific. D line
0: specifically. D line, yep. Say so we got the pressure that we've been looking for all year, but there's much improvement. Obviously, and many more
2: footballs still to be played. When did when did Oklahoma put their backups in? Was it third quarter? Uh, third quarter, one of the. After they went up 49 to 7. Yeah, same. Yeah. Okay, it was already 49.
3: Okay.
0: Chuba Purdy looked good, and then in the fourth yeah, quarter he got
3: the TD. He did. He did so. throw a pick. Game didn't matter at that point.
0: So we keep mentioning the defense. Uh, def- ex defensive
3: coordinator Eric Janander was fired uh, after the Oklahoma game. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Kind of back to last week. I think Shins should have been fired first, before Frost. Because my opinion, I don't think it was all Frost. It could have been. We don't know a lot of things why Frost was fired. We obviously, like, know the one thing that we didn't win, like we were supposed to, like we were expected to. But it's unfortunate. We should have, he should have been gone a while ago. He just got lucky because we've had a good defense every year that he's been here. Like, I mean, this is the worst year by far in his coaching career here at Nebraska is how how much points we allowed per game and all that. I feel like it's a good thing that we fired him. It's going to be weird with Bill Bush as our defensive coordinator now because he's a special teams coordinator, but it's the only guy that can, we could move up because he has the coaching experience and all that. But I don't know. It's going to be weird
1: to see what, what's new coming in uh, Indiana here. So On top of that, Dylan, a key thing to look at is that Last year was actually an outlier. If you look at the stats over the past four years, or including the start of uh, this year, last year was the first year where we had a really mature team. And you have people like uh, Jojo Doman, Dismuke, and other people um, that when they made mistakes, they're able to make up for it because they knew what to do after those mistakes. And last year was really an outlier. That was our best defensive year we had under Shenander was last year, Uh, Mm -hmm. if you look back at the stats. It's crazy to look at it. You know, He came with uh, Scott Frost from UCF and I don't remember the defense being that fantastic there you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think that defense was all that fantastic there yeah they had a, they had a couple close wins I heard because you got to think the teams that they do play that's kind of like how you know Cincinnati uh, really reminded me of Cincinnati uh, this past year where you know they were a huge offensive machine yeah they had a lot of shootouts that mm-hmm. one year yep really the defense didn't really put a lot of stops on and so I don't really know if Chenander was really the right move in general I had a lot of confidence in him uh going after uh, last year and into this game or into this season really really blown away by the defense so yeah I, I had high hopes too after
2: last year it was kind of like you said last year really good defense um and we were just hoping the offense could kind of mm-hmm. you know be better this year and it was funny cuz I just thought it was interesting how there there were some fans that were saying you know Scott Frost needs to go some fans saying Shenander needs to go and it was interesting after this weekend this was before Shenander got fired after they lost Oklahoma they're like it wasn't Scott Frost's fault so you just got a bunch of fans with different opinions on this whose fault is it but yeah ultimately you, you look at the defense first couple games this year just it's been tough to watch you can't give up 45 points to Georgia Southern I think this was a move that you could see coming as well. Uh, I think they it was a good move, and now we're going to see how the rest of the season plays out and who ultimately they decide to go with uh, and hire for their new coaching staff if things don't work out with what we've currently got. So that'll be interesting to see after after the first couple games of the year. Not really surprised.
1: Yeah, you can't just you can't allow that to happen. No. I mean, no. no no matter what that performance it is. After a year like last year, where you think you can build off it, and then even get some transfer uh, portal people. I mean, we had some really good D backs, one from uh, TCU, I'm pretty sure. No, uh, uh, Tommy Hill from Arizona State. Arizona State, and then we also got, we got one from you and I. But we brought in some people, and honestly, I put it back in the back of my mind. I'm like the defense, all right, it's gonna be it's gonna be you know, solid at least. Because I mean Shenander, you know, while his defense wasn't fantastic, they had some points in games to where they could make a difference and they were reliable enough to do that, especially last year. But then again, the total shock how bad our defense uh, is this year. And then uh, Bill Bush, going back to that, like you were talking about earlier, Dylan, um, he actually does have some uh, D coordinator work before. I've heard some other people talk about um, his experiences, especially Mickey Joseph. Mickey Joseph highlighted that he does have a lot of defense experience. I don't know what they can change because I don't think you can implement a different spread or anything like that. But
3: the, Yeah, the one thing I did say, work on tackling, please. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> please mm-hmm. tackle in practice. Mm-hmm. With Frost, they weren't tackling in practice i say it, it. it's just hard oh, it, barely it, it's hard say. so it's hard to tell because
0: the first game is oklahoma you expect it to be at least a loss but maybe not in the loss to have how we did but oklahoma is a really good team they really show that they could be in the college football playoff to possibly get, get blown out by alabama or georgia just got to work on the defense i mean we got the numbers up here luke is the best tackler He's got 36 tackles on the year. Next is Isaac Gifford with 25. It's a not necessarily insanely large gap, but it's still a big, large enough gap where it's like, okay, something's not kind of right where one guy's already in the mid-30s and there's just next guy's in his mid-20s. So you just gotta do a better job of game tackling, getting people involved, tackling the right way. If defense can needs to step it up in some way, shape, or form, if you want to try to get bowl eligible, it's it's risky, but I still think they can do it. I mean,
3: with our schedule, it's definitely possible. I mean, we can get some good upsets like against like Purdue and Wisconsin. Those are winnable games, unfortunately. I don't know Wisconsin's that much of a winnable game anymore. But... I mean, I don't Okay. It, they're, they're, uh, beatable. I, I, they're beatable.
0: They're beatable, but do I see it? No, because the defense has not stepped up to the plate to where, like, Georgia Southern, it, even if they had one stop, you know, we would have won. It would have been a completely different game for Northwestern. So, defense just got to step up. Offense is fine, okay? Except for last week, we just didn't move the ball very well.
3: Again, we were playing one of had the best talk. defenses
1: we, in the country. Exactly. Defense
2: last week, yeah. So, offense is fine. Defense needs
1: work. I wanna... just... Besides the O line, I, I think that. It kind of scares me now because the first few, uh, the first three games, our offense was a hit factory. I mean, we threw it. Slung it down the field. I mean, we made touchdowns left and right. But this Oklahoma game, it really did scare me. Granted, Oklahoma's defense, like we were just talking about, is fantastic. But when our O-line just completely shuts down like that, you can't do anything. So I'm kind of worried because we do have some, I mean, you know, Big Ten is known for, you know, their smash-mouth football, right? Um, So it's going to be a hard nose, especially on the O-line. If you miss those blocks like you did in the Oklahoma game, we can't can't score. And even though, no matter how good our players are, that O-line shuts down then we can't score. So that just relies on the defense, and then if the defense can't get it done, it's just like a bad cycle, you know? Yep. Yeah, good qu- point.
2: Quickly, just going back to the defensive side, you mentioned Bill Bush with uh, previous experience uh, coaching. Yeah, two years at Wisconsin, safety's coach there. Then a defensive quality control coach with Ohio State. That year they went 12-1, and finished number 4 in the country. Then he spent a couple seasons at Rutgers, and then went to LSU. You know, guys like Grant Delpit, uh, safety there, so... He's uh, definitely had some experience on some of those teams. It'll be interesting to see what the defense looks like here. As
0: we mentioned earlier, Nebraska is at a bye week this weekend, and they'll be their next game October 1st, which will be right here at Lincoln, taking on the Indiana Hoosiers. So we'll take a little break, step aside, and we'll get you into the college football pickems. This is The Last Take, brought to you by Anthony, Mark, Mark Dillon, and Charlie with a special guest of Blake. <laughs>
3: Okay, so we're gonna start our pick 'em, but first I'm gonna go over our standings. Blake, you're not included on this. We'll have your own standings here soon. But um, so current pick 'em uh, standings: uh, number one is me with 20. Charlie with 18. Anthony came back; he's only down one behind Charlie at 17. And Mark is still in last with 14. He did a little better this week, but he's still last. So I'm just
2: only I'm only upset because I should have got Troy. You should have gotten. Honestly, I got really lucky with that one. We would be tied. Right now, but it's all right. Hey, or but, you'd still be down one. I think you'd still be down one.
0: Yeah, because he also. Oh, i right. up two. That's he also right. picked FAU against UCF and. Okay. Yeah, but you get, otherwise we
3: good. would be pretty much cl- we yeah. would be really close.
0: Mark just really struggles. He had a four, four, and then he did better with six this week. So or this yeah, past week that so, helps him.
3: All right, so the first game we're going over is number 17 Baylor. They're going on the road into Ames to take on the Cyclones. What do you think about that, Anthony? So being an Iowa State fan, I always know we have beef with
0: Baylor. Last year, we come we came into a very similar situation except roles reverse. Iowa State was 2-1. Baylor was really competitive last year. Um, I'm going against my Cyclones. I'm going with the Baylor Bears. Even though it's at Jack Trice Stadium, Baylor still looks the competitive team. I'm still unsure about Iowa State's offense. Their defense, though, will hold Baylor accountable, but Baylor just looks the better team at least and a little
2: bit more explosive than Iowa State does. Yeah, I'm going to take Baylor as well in this one. I think they already uh, had a kind of a tough road game going to... Uh, Provo to play BYU, so they've kind of already experienced that tough atmosphere on the road, and I think that they're going to pick up their first conference win this week. I think uh, think it'll be a close game, but I'm taking Baylor in this one. I also have Baylor. I think Iowa State will give the Bears some issues, but I just personally
3: think Baylor is the better team. Like you said, there's a lot of questions with their offense. Okay, besides the Iowa game, they've been outright outstanding, but also at the same time, you're playing
0: Southeast Missouri and in Ohio. Ohio. So, so that's why I question Iowa State's offense, because Baylor did play BYU early, and yeah, they had the Texas State and um, Albany. <laughs> yeah, I just question at least a little bit on Iowa State's part, but I think it'll be a pretty go- close game in the first half they will be selling beef in the third quarter, and then Baylor will come out in the end in the fourth.
1: Yeah, it will be pretty close, but Baylor will take take the W on this one. And to combine all of your thoughts, I think you can never doubt Baylor. They've just been pretty on a consistent level. I mean, the past 10 years, I feel like they've been kind of just a steady, you know, pretty good team in the Big 12. I think we're going to see a lot of typical Big 12 play, uh, pretty high score, you know, but those huge defensive stops are really going to change the outcome of the game, and again... Iowa State is just uh, really unproven. Besides Iowa, I think Iowa was a huge win. Again, they just uh, beat Ohio 43 to 10 and then Southeast Missouri 42 to 10. So going into this game, I think it's gonna be a close one. I am going to have to go with Baylor just because they just have the track record. I feel like Matt Campbell has definitely brought that Iowa State team to relevancy. And if they do beat Baylor, it's going to be huge for Iowa State. But yeah, I my, my pick is Baylor.
0: I say Mar- I will fill in for Mark's picks here. He also has Baylor. So Baylor on a c- the clean sweep to start off the day.
3: All right. So game two, number five Clemson is going on the road to take on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who are ranked 21st. What do you think of that, Charlie?
2: Yeah, so this game's on the road, so that means we won't get to see Dabo Sweeney sprint out of the tunnel onto oh, the field. so <laughs> sad. Uh, but cu- this is an interesting game. I think Clemson, for me at least, they've been a little bit underwhelming so far. Not Haven't really been tested yet or had a tough game yet. Now going on the road, going up uh, against Wake, I mean, I'm expecting Wake to put up points in this game. I think Clemson, their offense is going to have to play better than they have been, I think. They're going to have to put up points as well. I think the difference in the game is going to be Clemson's defense and forcing a couple a couple of turnovers and I think they'll win the game I'll say they win by double digits I think they'll force a couple turnovers make things a little difficult uh, for Sam Hartman so I like Clemson in this game and their first real test of the year it'll be interesting okay I will take Clemson as
3: well Sam Hartman He's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, he's shown that the past two years. I mean, he's already has like stats like like he's played every single game. He didn't play the first game. I mean, Wake Forest, they like I like you said they will put up points, but just the Clemson defense is something else and I just really think Clemson will not like blow them blow them out, but it's it won't be close at the end. It might be close at first, but like most games, but Clemson will be able to start their road to possibly making the playoffs this year. So,
1: I don't want to uh, just pick the same as everyone else, but I got to go with Clemson uh, just because they've only allowed uh, 14 uh, points per game. That is huge compared to Wake Forest's 23.7 points allowed per game. Although, looking back to Cincinnati versus Wake Forest uh, last year, again, that's just, it's just. Two teams where they just score a whole bunch of offense and then defense, it's just like, all right, it doesn't really seem like they just put a whole bunch of stops. Clemson, I think they're showing back to their true fashion, you know, to when they win their national title. Um, I think they can be a real contender this year. We'll see what the rest of the schedule looks for Clemson and how well they'll be later in the year. But right now, I have to go with Clemson just because they they show good form. They haven't necessarily played... Uh, really that many relevant teams, but when you're Wake Forest and you allow a Vanderbilt to score 25, that's just a little concerning to me, but considering a Vanderbilt. Well, v-
0: Vanderbilt did look good coming into that game. They were 2-0. Yeah, I mean, they blew out Hawaii, but Hawaii might be the worst team in all of college football right now. Vanderbilt is, they're not a sleeper in the SEC because they will end up in the bottom, but what, Vanderbilt did look good coming into that game. I'm also going with Clemson on this one. Both defenses really stack up against each other. Wake Forest has a little bit more offense on the yard. Wake Forest looked pretty strong against Liberty until Liberty started coming back. Then I started having questions about it. Liberty almost would have won the game if they converted on that two-point conversion. But Clemson, they look back to their old form. They're either going to be like the fourth seed or they're going to be the first team out. D- DJ Uga- Ugalalale, however you say his name, Uh, he's got to play very, very well. Will Shipley has got to run the ball insanely good. He's got 32 carries for almost 250 yards and six tutties. But Clemson's got to have a good offense and a good defense, just overall game, in order to beat Wake Forest. Wake Forest can upset here, but Clemson will come out in the end. Mark, however
1: picked Wake Forest to win this one. Uh, Before we move on, I just want to say I just looked at the Wake Forest schedule last year and they played Pitt sorry about that. That's a little bit of confusion on my part inside Cincinnati. I get those sort of teams mixed up a little while, but they played Pitt last year and they lost 45-21. So that's you. the game that I was thinking of.
3: Alright, so the next game is the People's Game of the Week. Every yeah. All the fans in the country yeah. think this is, should have been Game of the Week in my opinion. It should have been. Duke 3-0 basketball school goes on the road to play another basketball school who's 3-0. The Kansas Jayhawks are surprising everybody. They surpassed Vegas's, uh projection for their win total. Ready with three wins. Alright, I'll go First, uh, I got the Jayhawks <laughs> I, d- I have no idea, but Like, Duke, believe it or not we shown they played Northwestern, who is A very bad school
0: <laughs> But say Duke beating Temple 30 nothing, Northwestern 31-23 And North Carolina A&T
3: 49-20. Yeah, so, so <laughs> Let's be honest, they really haven't played anybody I mean, Northwestern is like the only, like true Big name, power five But, uh, Kansas has just just looked so much more, <laughs> so much more like improved. I like Lance Leopold. I'm gonna take the Jayhawks in this one. Part of it it is also because it is in uh,
2: Lawrence. So yeah, he's doing a good job there. Uh, I mean, they you know even I hadn't heard of him until that game they went in the Austin and beat Texas last year. That crazy what was a double overtime, fifty seven fifty six or whatever. Okay, and this one, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kansas in this one. A couple of I mean, I would say for Kansas, or at least, when you know, compare it to Duke, wins over West Virginia and Houston, I mean, we were pretty high, or I was pretty high on Houston coming into the year. Uh, I said they were the, one of the most underrated teams in the country, and, you know, now losing um, the loss to Texas Tech in overtime, that was a crazy game, and then to Kansas. But anyways, I'm, I'm going to go with Kansas. I think they're going to keep rolling here, get to 4-0. I think Kansas is going to win, but
1: impressive to see both these teams start 3-0. and All right. Since I'm the guest picker, I'm going to be a little bit crazy here. You know, all signs are pointing to Kansas. Duke hasn't really played anybody uh, that good. I mean, Northwestern is the only, like, somewhat... Defined team. Yeah, that they've played and they won against. But I'm going to go with Duke just because the first two weekends of uh, college football, we saw a few upsets. Last week, we saw a lot more control games where there could have been upsets, but there really weren't weren't many. So I think that one upset on, like, the weekend could be uh, Duke... I don't know why. I just want to be bold. Um, Kansas may totally just uh, win and, you know, seal that victory, but I'm going to go with Duke. Mark also agrees with you. He's oh. got Duke in this one. So right. this is – it's.
0: I was debating about this game, not going to lie, because Duke beating Northwestern, it was a statement game for their program, kind of defines Northwestern this year, but they're still in the race for the Big Ten West as if as every team is. Kansas – Double overtime win over West Virginia, who was probably on the high tier for the Big 12 this year uh, with JT Daniels and coming close against Pitt. Houston, we were high on them early in the year, and now they're like one of the most ice cold teams in probably all the country, losing two games in a row. Pretty much my key player for this is Jalen Daniels, the quarterback of Kansas. He's having a tremendous year 566 passing yards, seven touchdowns, and one interception, while also rushing for three more touchdowns. So it's a hit or miss game, sort of say. Duke has the better offense and better defense, but Kansas got the home field advantage. They're riding high on momentum right now,
3: so I got Kansas in this one. So the next game. Charlie already kind of, like, mentioned it. But number 20, Florida, coming off a close victory over South Florida, goes into Knoxville to take on the undefeated 11th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. What
1: you got with that one, Blake? I'm have to go with Tennessee... It says here on uh, ESPN College Pick- Pick'em that 87.4% have picked Tennessee. I just don't believe in Florida. I'm going to be honest. Now, I'm not a huge fan of theirs. Um, I mean, they have a long-standing history with Nebraska, so I don't know if that, I mean, that might play a little bit into it. Um, but I know my uh, friend is a huge uh, Florida Gators fan, and I think that Tennessee, this could be a, a strong season for them. Looking back, um, they won against Pitt already this year. Um, they won against uh, Ball State, and then who else they played? Is that Akron? Yeah. Um, so yeah, those look to be. Good. I mean, they've only allowed on average 14.3 points so I think that's huge uh, going into this game where uh, Florida has allowed 26.7 points per game so that's going to be huge SEC football you just never know I feel like SEC they can either have like a really high scoring game or they can have very mixed match where there's a big defensive stops in the game I think that this one could be really close though I think Florida will uh, hold them to it all the way down the line, I think it'll be pretty high scoring. Um, but I think Tennessee's going to pull it out. All right, I have Tennessee. Uh, I am not very high on Florida.
3: Ever since they got lucky against Utah, they barely beat South Florida last week. I mean, South Florida was winning at one point here in the fourth quarter. They just Florida just got lucky. I think Tennessee is going to outplay them easily. Uh, the spread's 10.5. I personally think Tennessee is going to cover that, and they're going to win by more. But I would still, I would bet the over. <laughs> it's sixty-two. I'd still bet the over. It's, it's going to be like high scoring, but Tennessee is going to win by more than one score. So, so, so I got, I got Tennessee big. Being at Knoxville, uh, one of the biggest stadiums in college
0: football. Tennessee, one of the hottest teams in all the country right now. Florida, risky game against UCF. I got Tennessee in this one. I mean, it's pretty much a no-brainer. I feel like
2: so. I'm going with Tennessee as well. Just think, I think they're much better. Uh, looking good here to start the year, and kind of like what you, were, uh, Dylan was just talking about. Florida took a bad decision by Cam Rising there at the end of that game, quarterback for Utah to help the Gators get out of there alive, and then lose to Kentucky at home. Struggle with South Florida, and I just think Tennessee. Yeah, Ball State and Akron, you know, beat those teams pretty good, and then impressive win over Pitt. I don't care how you get it, that's an impressive win, and you know, especially. especially. Especially after Pitt, they went into Knoxville last year and won there uh, with Kenny Pickett. So that was good to see them, you know, go back on the road, win that. And I I want to just say quickly, an interesting stat that I saw, since becoming the starter for Tennessee, Hendon Hooker has thrown 42 touchdowns and just two interceptions, which and you can say, oh, their offense is designed on, you know, screens and quick passes, but that's still pretty impressive uh, especially in the SEC uh, against some of those defenses, so I think uh, he's really started last year, Joe Milton was the starting quarterback from Michigan, transferred over there, and they quickly uh, you know, said, no, we're not going to do this. And I think Hooker came in. It was that second game against Pitt, I believe. And ever since, their offense has looked really good. A um, couple of losses last year against Georgia, Alabama. I think there was one more in there. Maybe they lost to Florida. That might have been Hendon Hooker's first game on the road in the Swamp. They've looked really good, and now number 11 in the country. Uh, you know, Some people, I'm not sure it's quite fair yet to compare them to uh, Bama and Georgia, but right now I'd say they're the third-best team in the SEC, and I think they're only going to get better. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how they play here in conference play in that conference, but I think they're going to win big this week uh, at home. You know, Florida-Tennessee is always a great game. It's a good rivalry, so that'll be fun. I I mean, I'll watch the game, but I think Tennessee's going to win this game easily. Mark agrees with everyone. He's going with Tennessee Mm -hmm. on this one,
0: so smart decision there by Mark to pick Tennessee.
3: Next game, Minnesota, the only undefeated team left in the Big Ten West go on the road into East Lansing against a Michigan State team who got outplayed easily by Washington. Go ahead, Anthony. Okay, so Mark is picking Michigan State on this
0: one. This game, I'm literally going back and forth every single second. Minnesota, 555 yards of offense to allowing 170. But with that, they played New Mexico State, winless team. They played Western Illinois, lower FCS school. They play Colorado, one of the struggling teams in all of football. So they did schedule smart, but there is no real competition. Michigan State coming back home to East Lansing, suffering from that Washington loss. I think this is finally their statement game. I think that the Michigan State Spartans will find a way, I said this last week, they'll find a way to win the game, but this time, it's Minnesota who
3: has not faced real competition. I'm going with the Spartans on this one. I will agree with you. And Mark, I got got MSU. I did really think coming home, coming off a big loss like that against a really good Washington team, we've we've seen that, how good Michael Penix is against actual competition now. I have Michigan State winning. Minnesota, like you said, has not played anybody. Michigan State has the opportunity to prove themselves that they're still good. I think Thorne um, will have a really good game. It's, it's going to be close. It's going to be very close. But I have Michigan
1: State. I want to believe in Michigan State. Um, They beat Pitt um, in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl last year, 31-21, and that's a huge win, and it was a huge win for the Big Ten. Um, But they barely beat Penn State last year, and that's a Penn State that didn't have their quarterback. Um, They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Purdue. Um, they did beat Michigan, although that was another close game. They practically uh, did what any team kind of does in the Big Ten, whereas if you, if you just beat like some easier teams like Rutgers, Indiana, Northwestern, you can kind of, kind of like how Iowa did last year in the West, just kind of flow your way towards um, going to the Big Ten championship. I don't know if I do believe in uh, Michigan State, though. Minnesota I think can surprise people sometimes although they haven't had as good of seasons as previous years. I think I got to go with Michigan State. I I want to pick Minnesota just because they do have some momentum right now, but it's going to be a home game for Michigan State and I know that crowd can bring it. So I got to pick Michigan State.
2: Yeah, another thing Michigan State did last year is what we've seen from some Big 10 teams is you get into the top 5 or whatever they were after I think they beat Michigan big win but then you go they to Purdue number, and then they're go, number
3: 3 going into Purdue and And then lost. you go to
2: Purdue and lose. We see we've <laughs> seen that. Iowa, we saw that from Iowa was number 2 in the country cuz they beat and they, Penn State when they were 3 and 4. They lost to Purdue at home though. Exactly. Yeah. By big margin. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, no, I'm going to take Michigan State as well. I think they're going to After that game last week, I think they're going to be pretty fired up. And, yeah, I think Mel Tucker's going to have them ready to go. Tough game going into Washington. I think Washington was favored in that game. I think they're a really good team. But I think Michigan State bounces back against a Minnesota team that, like you guys have said, haven't really faced competition yet. Going on the road now, uh, first real test of the year. I think it's going to be a challenge for him. So I like Michigan State. All right. So the next
3: game, we have Notre Dame going on the
1: road to take on North Carolina. I think Notre Dame. Uh, will right their wrong and uh, be able to get on the right track. I don't, I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan because they always do get ranked really high at the beginning of the year. That always makes me upset because I just feel like they're just one of the teams that does not deserve to be ranked that high at the beginning of the year. I think that they can get it right in uh, North Carolina. They've just allowed so many points in their games. I mean, 61 points, App State, 28 points, uh, Georgia State. Although they won a uh, those games I don't know I just don't know if you can if I can believe in uh, North Carolina um, Notre Dame they do they do find ways to win important games um, sometimes and I think that this could be one of them I think this is where they could write write their season I'm gonna take the Irish here as well.
2: Uh, I think that their offense is gonna play their best game so far. You saw a lot of people probably saw Tommy Reese getting pretty upset with Drew Pine last week after it was early in that game against Cal when they uh, switched it up to to the booth where he was. So I think you know first game after the uh, Tyler Buckner injury, now Drew Pine, we're gonna kind of see what he can do. Didn't really play that well against Cal last week. Of course, Notre Dame did escape, barely win that. Cal almost caught a Hail Mary there at the end. It was broken up, and he had the ball in his hands too, but it just slipped. Yeah, it was just survived there barely, but I think that they're going to play better uh, this week. I think we're still kind of waiting to see what team North Carolina is. Florida A&M, App State, big win, or, you know, uh, high-scoring game, uh, 63-61 win there, and then they beat Georgia State as well. So they are 3-0, and but i like Notre Dame to go on the road here and uh, pick up a win, get to 2-2. Two and two. All right, you guys have Notre Dame. I'm going to take UNC.
3: I haven't been really impressed with Notre Dame. Drew Pine, we'll see how good he does. I'm just going to take North Carolina at home, stay undefeated, Yeah, I also got North
0: Carolina in this one. I just Notre Dame is just really struggling. They barely beat Cal. Their quarterback has thrown two picks and no touchdowns. Notre Dame got really lucky to win. Cal had a chance to win. I mean, that Cal got bailed out from that targeting call. If you watch the game grew back, 300 offensive yards and allowing 351. That just doesn't look good. I mean, yeah, North Carolina has given up 463, but also their offense can back it up with 547 offensive yards. North Carolina just looks like a very sneaky team. They won't be ranked after this week, but they're just a lot better team than Notre Dame. So I got the Tar Heels for North Carolina. Who does Mark have? Mark has Notre Dame.
3: Okay, so we kind of lost track of time here. Had a fun time. So Uh, Yeah, so Blake has to get to class, so we're going to have him go over his picks real quick. The next one would be
1: um, Oregon-Washington State. I gotta go with Oregon. Uh, Washington State had a huge win. I just don't know if that's gonna be enough. Um, Oregon, they're I think they're back to relevancy this year. You know, they've had a few years uh, where they're just kind of not as good as what they used to be. But I think this could be, a, I think this could be a good year for them. So I'm gonna go with Oregon. And then into the next one, Arkansas versus uh, Texas A&M. I don't know. I, you know, I was a Tex, I, I like Texas A&M and I like Arkansas. I like both those teams. Um, but I honestly thought Texas A&M would have a better start to the year than they did, but. I'm going to go with Arkansas. And then the next one's Kansas State goes on the road to uh, Norman. You have former Nebraska QB Adrian Martinez is not faring well. Um, I thought it'd be a fresh start for him, but it hasn't looked too good. His stats are not good. Um, I've constantly seen like the worst QBs in college football right now, and Adrian Martinez is, uh, is on that list. Sooners, they're going to beat uh, K-State. Uh, Just about as bad as they beat Nebraska. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma. And then um, one last one.
3: Number seven, USC goes into Corvallis to take on uh, undefeated Oregon State team.
1: Oregon State, no, there's no way they win it. USC, I think this is another team that is trending upwards in the past few years. Obviously just got a brand new coach. That will definitely help. Um, We've already seen it 3-0 so far. Ranked seventh. um, Beat Stanford. Beat Rice. um, Beat Fresno State. And I think they go out there with the win. Well, thank you so much
0: for joining our show, and sorry that we lost track of time. We'd love to have you on again some point. Just
1: keep your phone on you and hear that ding. So. Yep. And uh, everyone, uh, be sure to check this out, and it'll be on... Uh, it's Spotify, Apple. Those are the main ones. So. And again, uh, shout out to my Twitter, follow like Boss 14 Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, course, here's time. All right. Thanks,
3: All right. Number 15, Oregon, goes into Washington State. Uh, what you got on that one? See, I got Oregon on this one.
0: Very big win over BYU. Uh, they're starting to look more of that team. Bo Ninks looked really good against BYU. Um, what, three rushing touchdowns he had last time? Yeah, Washington State, complete, their competitive team, a lot better than what I thought they were, beating out Wisconsin, but we'll see about Wisconsin later on. I got the Ducks
3: winning against the, Coug- the Cougars on this one. I also have the Ducks. I just personally think Oregon's just the better team. I mean, Washington State shows that they can beat good teams. I mean, Wisconsin is not a bad team. They just—they're sneaky. They're but. just a sneaky team. But I think Oregon, Bo Nix looked really good last week against a very good BYU team. Um, I th- I just think Oregon will pull it off over uh, the Cougars. What about you, Charlie?
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington State in this one. There's the Kerb Street wheel all know. Yeah, <laughs> we uh going into Pullman, I think it's gonna be a tough game for Oregon. Last week they looked good against BYU. I will say that, uh Bonex played a lot better than he did. Those uh uh, at least the first game against Georgia and then they played Eastern Washington after that but they had a good win uh, last week but I think uh, Washington State now they're going into Pullman uh, I think it's going to be a tough environment um, Wazoo I think they're going to be pretty fired up for this one 3-0 uh, wins over Idaho and then of course went into Madison beat Wisconsin and then Colorado State last week but I think Cam Ward is going to continue to get better as this season goes on I think Jake Dickert uh, head coach at Washington State is a great head coach. Um, he was the uh, DC there before uh, uh, Nick Rolovich got fired last year, but you just saw once he took over them uh, that program, they just uh, they didn't lose a beat right there. They just kept you know kept going and won the Apple Cup first time in like seven or eight years, and then I think they lost their bowl game, but they've looked good uh, under Jake Dickert so far, and I think this is going to be a tough game for Oregon coming off that uh, big win over BYU at home. I think now going on the road into a tough, uh, I think it's a tough place to play uh when you're number 15 in the country i'm sure wazoo fans are going to be excited wazoo is going to be excited for that game so i'm taking the coogs in this one uh that get them to 4-0 and i think some people might be a little surprised that the pac-12 is having this good start to the year but but it's very un- underappreciated very competitive very yeah competitive i think year. it's the first time
0: ever that's been competitive because you got usc looking really I mean, good oregon a lot of teams,
2: yeah. Utah, Say
3: USC. I mean, they've been kind of mediocre. Now they're like top ten. You have Oregon, who is top fifteen. You have you have Washington, Washington who's, who's pulled in the 18th. off a big upset over a, uh, a Big Ten team.
0: Say Washington State right now is receiving sixty two votes to be ranked. That's technically, close. Close. I mean, they're in the top yeah. thirty. And also Oregon State is receiving votes too.
2: To be ranked, so I even did. even they are sneaky in. So well, they're also three and zero. They've got that'll be a interesting game against USC. We'll get to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. <laughs> say Marked. Oh, yeah. Marked is. Uh, I think he's still bitter about his Wisconsin loss. He's
3: going with Oregon in this one. All right, uh, next one. This game is at AT and T, I believe. Uh, you got number ten, Arkansas. They're going to take on a uh, Texas A&M team who came off a somewhat of a big win against Miami last week. A much needed win, very much needed. I wouldn't say it was the prettiest win either. No, I mean, it was not. Seventeen well, to nine.
2: Seventeen to nine. Defense looked good, but but uh, who you got in this one, Charlie? Yeah, so I'm just kind of waiting. I think along with a lot of others for Texas A&M to actually. Play up to the standard that a lot of people are expecting them to. Arkansas also—they uh, first uh, beat Cincinnati in Week One. Uh, I think that won that game by seven. And then beat South Carolina, but last week they, Missouri State gave them a scare. They were up uh, up by ten at one point. I think it was halftime, uh, third quarter quarter. It was it was still a, it was a close game for three quarters, um, and then Arkansas pulled away at the end. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see about that. And uh, like I said, waiting for A&M to... Get that big win, and I think this week they're going to do it. I think Texas A&M is going to win by double digits. Right now, ranked twenty-three, uh, Arkansas number ten. Uh, last year, these two teams played, and I believe Arkansas won. Uh, it was the same uh, same location, neutral site at uh, Jerry World there. So I think A&M gets revenge this year. Uh, I'm going to take him to win. I would say this would be a kind of a statement win against number ten Arkansas. I'm taking the Aggies in this one. I have the Razorbacks on this one.
3: It was a very close game last week for Arkansas. It was very close. So I think Arkansas will play better this week. They need to if they even want to win. But I am going to take the Razorbacks. I I trust them. I think they'll be able to get a big win in a neutral site. I personally, I just think Arkansas will be able to repeat last year and take down a and i A&M. I'm going to take the Aggies in this. Overall,
0: I just think they're the lot, a lot better team. They're gonna come out with that same fire as they had last week against Miami, Texas A&M. I don't. I still believe that they didn't. They don't deserve to drop from six to 25, 24 and I don't think they believe to get from twenty four to twenty three up from the past rankings. So they're a lot better team than their record says. Arkansas might be the favorite in this one, but don't sleep on the Aggies. Big win over Miami, a much needed win. wasn't pretty, but you'll get a win no matter what. So I got the Aggies in this one. Mark is agreeing with Dylan taking the Arkansas
3: Razorbacks on this one. Next one, K-State, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn go into Norman to take on the number six Oklahoma Sooners. I got Oklahoma. OU. Big. OU big. Yep. Not going to be close. Oklahoma. It'll be very similar to the, the, this past game this weekend. So. Yeah, I think Oklahoma
2: wins big as well. Um. Yeah, they look good so far. I think they'll. Yeah, I think they'll win this game big. Kind of get get things started here and in, uh, in conference play. Get into tougher games. They'll play Texas and Baylor, Oklahoma State later. So I like uh, I like OU big in this game. It's just
0: pretty simple. OU competitive team. Kansas State not so much. It's just that simple. Yeah, not much to say. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Who did Mark have? OU? Yeah. Okay. All right. Final one. Number seven, USC, like I said, is going into Corvallis to take on the
2: Oregon State Beavers. Who you got, Charlie? So, yeah, this is going to be a interesting game. Um, I think I haven't watched Oregon State. I was planning to watch a little bit of that game. Uh, week one, they played Boise State. Uh, that was a game I think we picked, or maybe we decided not to. Did we I don't not know get why to. It? We did It was on the pick'em. I remember. Yeah, uh, and I remember looking at that game and saying I was gonna uh, try and watch it, uh, but they won that game by 17. Uh, Oregon State did, and then after that, let's see, they uh, on the road at Fresno State, who I don't think is a bad team. Uh, I think that's a that's a good win for them, and then they just crushed Montana State last uh, week. Who last year Montana State made it all the way to the FCS uh, championship before they lost to North Dakota State. And, I mean, 68 points put up, I mean, I don't that's pretty impressive I would I would still say so I don't know they're a good start to the year for them 3-0 and but now USC coming in uh, Caleb Williams Lincoln Riley they uh, they went into Stanford a few weeks ago uh, won that game fairly easily and then they beat Fresno State last week uh, and I think a lot of people thought that game was going to be a shootout and might have been close but it wasn't they won that easily um, and now going on the road I would say this is their first true test on the road um And uh, I'm going to take USC in this one. I think it'll be a close game. I think Caleb Williams is going to have to make plays. But uh, I'm taking USC in this. Yeah, I got USC too. It will be close.
3: Kind of agreeing with Charlie, it will be very close. But um, that offense for USC is going to have to make plays. We know they can make plays, but um, it's going to Oregon State is going to surprise a lot of people. It's going to be really close all the way through. But I, th- I still think Oregon, or I mean not Oregon, USC will they'll still win. I think they'll win by a touchdown. Well, that's the spread seven. So I think they'll win by a touchdown. I wouldn't bet the over, but the over the over under seventy one. I mean it's I guess it is Pac-12 after dark but it's it's going to be a very interesting game in my opinion so so I'm so Mark Dick pick USC I'm also
0: going with the Trojans on this one Caleb Williams 8- 874 passing yards with eight touchdowns Jordan and Addison collecting five of them so those were the key transfers from USC Caleb Williams obviously jo- coming with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC and Jordan Addison he won the Jordan What's the best, the reward for best wide receiver in the country? Oh, the Boletnikoff. win the Boletnikoff? Yeah, he won that at Pitt. I didn't know that. A big transfer there from Pitt to USC. USC has got probably one of the most explosive offenses in the country with 500, 520 total yards per game. And, then, yeah, it's against Rice, Stanford, and Fresno State. But they can put that up against almost anybody in the country. Probably besides you, Georgia. USC's offense is really
2: good. Just quickly, uh, before we wrap up on the picks here, I know it's early, but we've been talking about the Pac-12 a lot today. Right now, do you think that there will be a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff, if you had to say? No. I still think it's... USC will get upset at some point. They'll lose. Like, I, I mean, but there's, I a there are, there's a lot of
3: teams. There are a lot I of teams. There are a lot of teams out there. Lose at least. They're going to lose at least one. I think they'll probably lose like once or or twice. They're either going to lose to Oregon or like Utah. I see that. Don't okay. I know UCLA. They're not looking that great, but like with some of these close wins, like South Alabama, they won by one. But don't count them out. I think originally at the at the beginning of the year, I had UCLA beating USC at one point. When they play later this year, I don't think that's going to happen now. But I think I think USC will get upset by somebody down the
2: road. I'm, yeah, uh, Oregon State. Well, I, I don't this know. Week, so I'm just looking at their schedule. Right I say now. their schedule looks pretty like easy almost. They, got, they go to Utah October 15th. They win be, that game, and I mean if they win this weekend, and I mean if they, it, that's the game I, game, game I have them game. losing. I mean okay, so, yeah. so for <laughs> ACC, it's to answer your question,
0: they could. They easily can because they're in the perfect spot for it. They're in the they're at number seven and it's week number four. Okay, but you just never know. I mean, Pac-12 championship could be Oregon, U- USC. Big Ten championship could be Ohio State and like at this rate Minnesota, but <laughs> Ohio State will get it. SEC it's probably going to be Alabama Georgia, unless Alabama somehow gets upset the year which I don't see it happening but who knows Texas almost did it a couple weeks ago never
3: know Georgia could get upset at it too
2: we don't Ge- know we just don't know there's just so many s- scenarios so one more thing just quickly and in- uh, about the schedule uh, when you look at USC schedules, so you don't see Washington and Oregon which means Washington and Oregon they don't have to play USC so I'm looking at their schedules but they have to play each other uh, in the north so that'll be interesting that will decide who plays USC in the Pac-12 championship I, yeah. I almost guarantee it I mean Oregon I, can't lose again because they already lost to Georgia yeah. so they, they'll have to go uh, undefeated from here on out pretty early to uh, kind of say what they can do there but And then, yeah, you look at look at Washington. They play, uh, yeah, Oregon and at Washington State. So tough, tough road for them. Still, they'll have to uh, win every game, and then potentially, I guess, you know, beat USC or whoever in the Pac-12 championship. So it's it's tough to see. But I think right now, you look at USC as that team that probably if it's going to be anybody in the Pac-12, it will it will be USC. All right, that was our college football pick.
0: So some of you are now probably expecting the news segment to come into place. Well, never mind. We just decided to give you a little teaser so that way you can hop on into the show. We'll bring it to you some point. uh, After Blake left the show, we just got together and said, let's just call it off. We're getting pretty, pretty long enough. So signing off for Charlie. Dylan. And Anthony, Mark couldn't be with us here today. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll post an, uh, another episode of more Nebraska football and get into the college football pick 'em list. Thank you so much for listening to The Last Take and have a good rest of your day.